Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Sam here, Muggsy there. Muggsy, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited we can link up and, and create a podcast about the Hornets. Like, what are you, what's even happening? This is amazing. It's time for it. I mean, especially as I say with the climate, I mean, being able to talk about basketball, especially talking about the Hornets, it's a passion for me. So having the opportunity to sit here with you and collaborate and kind of talk about all, you know, the history of the Hornets as well as what's going on currently uh, is a blessing. Oh, big time, big time. So I'm, I'm very excited. This is episode one uh, on the Believe Podcast Network. And because this is our first episode, we want to do a little like housekeeper and catching up. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of Hornets news lately. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about the previous season. Uh, we're going to talk about the offseason that includes the draft and free agency. And then talk about preseason because as this episode airs, the following night is the first night of the Hornets preseason. So we'll get into all that in a second. But before we do, a friendly reminder to everyone out there. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, tell a friend, leave us a rating on whatever platform you use. Like we're everywhere. We're on iTunes, Spotify. Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, tune in. Just search Believe in Hornets. It, it'll be in the description, on the screen, all that good stuff. Um, help us out. Support the show. <laughs> Come on, tune in. Yeah, you're, don't, don't miss out. Um, <laughs> so uh, getting into the, to the meat of the, the podcast here. So the Hornets season ended prematurely. Like the one, we had COVID hit. They ended one win shy of a bubble invite which was kind of heartbreaking because the team I thought played very well and competitive. Like that team showed a lot of heart last, last year. It would have been really great to see them in the bubble considering like what we saw out of guys like Tyler Hero and mm-hmm. um, like just the, the, the teams that just really excelled on that stage. So um, Muggsy, so what are your overall thoughts on last season, the nineteen twenty Charlotte Hornets and what we all saw as fans? But as you just touched on it, um, they were playing well, you know, especially after the All-Star break. They was probably one of the best teams, um, had one of the best records after the All-Star break. And as you mentioned, they was one game shy of being in that bubble. And anything could have happened in the bubble. A lot of identity was created in the bubble. You know, as you just mentioned, uh, Tyler Hero, uh, Jimmy Butler research. I mean, so who would have known Devontae Graham would possibly have been getting a lot of play by then, you know, considering being one of the most improved players uh, during that time. So he was in a running for that. Um, so, I mean, I was really pleased with the Hornets, uh, the way they end the season, um, didn't quit, didn't give up, uh, fought extremely hard. And then again, you got a lot of guys who stepped up, who needed to step up in terms of how this franchise need to go forward. Yes. Um, I was telling people last year um, that weren't paying attention to the Hornets, but you need, I know, you're going to look at the record and be like, oh, no. But which is fair. But Little superstars you, there, too. Yeah. So, if you watch yeah. that team play, it didn't matter who they're playing against. They played up to competition. Luka Doncic, they were in his face. Uh, Giannis, in his face. They didn't back down for one second. And that was really rewarding as a fan because you never left the game thinking, man, I wish our guys had their hearts in it. Because that was never in play. Like these guys gave it their all. And that's what you wanted. And that's what these guys needed, you know, because, again, you got to remember, they got rid of Kimball Walker. So they needed to find some sort of identity. And who was going to be that guy to step up? Uh, Devontae Graham. And like I said, he really, really 
uh, stepped up and kind of showed the leadership amongst uh, what he needed to show in terms of a point play as well as in and out the locker room. And then you had some good play from P.J. Washington. No one ex- was expecting, you know, P.J. averaged 12 points in his rookie season. So that was pretty impressive. Then then you get, had Miles, you know, Miles Bridges now start to resurge, you know, that second year under his belt, uh, having a little being comfortable, uh, getting a little, you know, being uh, considered the uh, first team rookie uh, team. So that made a big, a big push for him. That gave build his confidence. So I really was pleased. And then we can't forget about how Malik Monk was playing too. You know, he yeah. had a little stretch there that, you know, that warranted, you know, some kind of a lot of attention. So a lot of things happened and hopefully, you know, they can continue that momentum. Oh, big time. Yeah. He was on fire right before he got suspended. Like he got in that starting lineup and took full advantage of it. So like you look at all the pieces the Hornets have and young players that they have right now and how they added to it in the off season. So we're talking, uh, well, they got, we got really lucky, jumped up in the lottery yeah. to the third overall pick. That was amazing. And to be yes. in a position to draft LaMelo Ball third overall. So Muggsy, former point guard, you know a thing or two about the position. What are your thoughts on LaMelo in general and what he can bring to the Hornets? I, I really do like the pick. You know, I know everybody was kind of hoping that Wiseman will fall into, you know, to that slot. And because they felt like he fit more with the guys that we already have. Um, but who can say Melo doesn't as well? Uh, LaMelo, I mean, he brings that type of excitement as a player. I mean, because of, you know, what's been he even faced throughout this, his, his, you know, his young uh, career, you know, playing overseas, um, getting that type of experience uh, now coming over here to the NBA and try to translate that into an NBA uh, platform. But I think by his ability to see over top uh, of his, his opponents being a six, seven, six, eight point guard, pass first, uh, shoot second type of guy, he can really free up a lot of, uh, play for the guys, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, even Devontae Grant and, and Terry uh, Rogier. You know, when you got shooters like that, guys who could put the ball in the basket and Terry Rogier shot, you know, 40% behind that all last year. So that's a big, it creates a lot of space. So Melo brings a lot to the table, even though he's a rookie, it's going to take him some time, you know, but hopefully not as long uh, as they will need it. But I think just his presence, you know, his, you know, presence that's been there, and the ambiance, I think, will allow the guys to feel good about themselves. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, he has the major following, the massive following. And in <laughs> any other year, he does. the Spectrum Center will be packed. But, yes. you know, as we all know, the season's going to start at least with an empty building, which, you know, safety first. No, no mm-hmm. arguments there. Got to have safety first. Absolutely. Um, but, like, the, the thought of when fans are allowed back in to see LaMelo and where this team is at that point is really appealing. Like it, it, there's a, there's a lot it, it gets me to. excited. It gets me excited because it brings back that up tempo style. You know the style that we played back in the early, you know, late '90s. I mean, the early '90s. You know, that's what it is. That up tempo and metal like to push the ball. That excitement and the fans here are used to and accustomed to that type of play. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And not only we can not mention the addition to Haywood. Yes, yes. We'll talk about him in a second because yes. there's a potential to have like an all 
like six, seven lineup on the floor at the same time. That could either be amazing or disaster. I have no idea, but that's what I'm here for as a fan. Like it's going to be, right, right. it's going to be fun no matter what. Um, you still got away with it for a little part. I mean, yeah, that's you know? a portion of a, uh, of a season. Yeah, for sure. Like unless you play, there's like three guys in the league. Like you have uh Jokic, you have Anthony Davis. We could put Giannis in there too. Um, and probably Embiid of just like the, the bigs that are going to tear up whoever they're playing against. So you might as well, unless you have one of those guys, you might as well kind of lean into the uh, positionless basketball effort that JB's talking about in the preseason. So a lot of potential with PJ playing the five. We'll get we'll get into all that later. I'm getting off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> get too excited. Uh-huh. I'm very excited to see uh-huh. PJ at the five. By the way, um, yeah. So with the draft though, uh, the Hornets left draft night with three other rookies as well: Vernon Carey Jr., Nick mm-hmm. Richards, and Grant Riller. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think about just those pieces coming into the fold, either in the short term or long term? Well, well, I I like the pieces. I mean, with we already talked about LaMelo, what he brings to the table with Ghani. You know, he kind of similar with he kind of fit that mode with with PJ and and, and Miles in that in that regards. Um, But, you know, lefty versatility, you know, possibly could be able to, you know, create some type of space down there and, and get some comfortability of shooting that shot. Um, 15 foot on end. Um, and then with Nick uh, Riches, you know, hopefully he can bring some kind of, you know, inside presence, you know, shot blocking. You know, he averaged 2.1 in the college. So hopefully he can be able to translate that into the NBA. And they need that. You know, we need a, a, a defender, a middle uh, defender, you know, Biz Biombo, who does his, does the best as he can uh, by doing so, as well as Cody Zeller. But I think having a, a, a guy in the middle who can protect the rim. Will really benefit these guys in getting out the transition a lot earlier. Yeah, and uh, Riller's stats in college are amazing. Like, if he was 19 and played at like a, at a major university, he would have been a first round draft pick. Like with those numbers, so I think that's a steal at that posi- at that spot in the draft and his position overall. Like, could be really useful for the club. There's always a diamond in the rough somewhere out there. So hopefully, we found it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, uh, looking at free agency, uh, the team said goodbye to Dwayne Bacon, Ray Spalding, and Nick Batum. Uh, Bismack Biombo is returning on a one-year deal, and the big man Gordon Hayward, four years, one hundred twenty million dollars. Um, t- what do you think about Gordon Hayward in general, and what he could bring to Charlotte? I know there's a lot of I see it as a fan and see the that one hundred twenty million dollars, like thirty million dollars roughly for four years it's mm-hmm. a lot of money yeah. it's like a quarter of the cap committed to him yeah. especially after the team just got out of um large contracts uh, mm-hmm. with Batum mm-hmm. specifically uh so just in, in general what do you think of the move what he could bring to the Hornets and uh how do you like you excited to see him in town I am excited to see him in town I know they tried to get him you know when he came from Utah before he went to uh, Boston and that didn't pan out um and now that you know, he had some years put on him and injuries as well. And folks were kind of concerned about, you know, the Hornets giving him this type of money, you know, at this particular time is kind of a little concerning, um, especially what you just alluded to, getting rid of a lot of the other contracts and trying to free up some cash space. But I think it's still, you know, give them a little room, Nicholas Platoon off the books. Um, so that kind of gave him a little flexibility. But I like the pick because that's a veteran. And they needed a veteran to come in to not kind of overshadow and the youth and, 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 and kind of not allow the young guys continue that growth. They need someone to come in just to fit the mold and allow them guys to continue to, to perform as they have been. 
and he can put the ball in the basket. He can create his own shot. And he's a veteran who's been around, who has that type of uh, understanding of what to do and what the, uh, what do's, the do's and don't on and off the court. And I think these guys need somebody like that um, as opposed to someone that's more dominant and more aggressive, you know, that in your face type of uh, situation. He's more of a laid back, you know, voiceful now because he's older in terms about what type of uh, leadership he needs to display. But I think it fits good for them because, again, you know, the culture here in Charlotte um, and with the players that's going to be around them, I think that's going to be some exciting times with Melo pushing it and he can spread the floor. So I'm looking forward to it. Again, up-tempo basketball. Yes, yes, for sure. Like, he's been an all-star. That's more than you can say about a lot of the guys on the team presently. Like, he has a resume. He's done it. He's been, he's been in the playoffs. Like, that, that matters, especially when you have such a young team. They can learn so much from him. And he seems to be, like, really willing to, like, be here and make the most of it. And that's reassuring. Like, listen to his, uh, his welcome interviews and like that. Like, okay, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for Gordon Hayward to be here because this team needs an ace. We have a lot of good players, but no ace. Like we've seen flashes at times, but right. like, like there's where's the hierarchy, right? Like, is Devonte an ace, or is he more of a second, or is he third? Like, Gordon Hayward's arrival in short in the short term, at least, he's our ace, and I'm I'm really good. I'm really good with that because it means you, you know you don't have to rely so much on PJ Miles Devonte because Gordon's in town. Well, you know, you, you put as that ace, you know, putting who's at first, but I like to look at it as, you know, collectively. You know, yeah. these guys going to really have to do the job collectively because we don't have that one star. We don't have that guy who just go take over the game. We got a bunch of good guys who really can complement one another, and that can translate to a lot of wins, especially with the chemistry and everybody buys into JB's uh, philosophy, in which I think they are and which I think they will. And that's going to be the exciting part. And, and what Haywood brings and what uh, Devontae, you know, if he can continue, you know, the play that he had last year and bring a little that more of a, a, a out the gate type of, uh, you know, performance, you know, that's what they're going to really need because, you know, you want to get out early because you want to try to establish yourself. A lot of teams may kind of rest some of their veterans, you know, because of starting the season up so shortly. Um, so you want to kind of get a little cushion coming out the gate to try to, you know, set the tone early as opposed to trying to find yourself after those 20 games, which a lot of teams normally do. Yeah, there's very low room for error with the shortened season. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. Like, we, we really toss out any of the stereotypes or norms we're used to seeing going into the regular season because we don't know. We don't know what this looks like. Um yeah. And at any point, you know, like some, there could be a shutdown or a player is unavailable. Like there's so many variables at play and it just adds more like, just variables and, and interesting wrinkles into this really continued NBA yeah. season. Yeah, it's going to be challenging, but uh, by no means, it's going to be challenging. The team's mm-hmm. going to have to do a great job uh, of making sure the guys follow the protocol. You know, yep. making sure they continue to follow the protocol. I think they set it up in terms of when they're home and even when they're on the road. You know, they can't go out and do certain things. And that's going to be the key, how well each team manage those protocols to keep everybody safe and soundly so we can continue to move on and have the right player and everybody, 
you know, available to win game time because it's going to be so important. Yep. And also as a fan, it's great to have basketball back because, oh. you know, it, it's entertainment at the end of the day, you know, and live, like, <laughs> investment, like, television is, yeah. it's, it's, it's powerful and it's a good escape from the bad stuff that's going on in the world. So, <laughs> so glad the NBA is coming back. <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, get to see your favorite players, you know, run up and down and perform. Um, get to root on your your your, your favorite team. Um, so that's exciting. I'm glad that it's coming back, and I'm glad that we're able to find a way to do it and do it safely, and where you still can be able to enjoy it. And I know uh, commissioner and the players understand the importance of it, and they want to get back to it because eventually, you know, we're gonna have fans back in in, in the um, in the arena. But it's just happy and grateful that we're able to play in our own arena now as opposed to playing in the bubble. Right. Yep. Um, so speaking of playing in the in our own arena, preseason uh, starts yeah. tomorrow as everyone's listening to this. So, um, you know, you're in your experience going into the preseason. What's your mentality as a, as a player? The season ends, you get the rest and recovery. You also have time to work on your game a bit. Are you looking to go into the preseason trying to test some the stuff you've been working on out? Um, or just trying to get acclimated to your new teammates? Like what can you talk about just the overall mindset of an NBA player going into the preseason? Like what are you trying to accomplish in that type of thing? Well, uh, you know, a normal season will end in, in June. And so you have that six months time in terms of a preparation. Uh, but just even now, uh, just the fact that when a player season is over, I mean, of course, you got to let your body shut down. You got to give it that time to rest because your body been through so much, and uh, and you got to let your you got to let your body speak to you. But doing round the right because for us, you know, preseason or, or training camp started in October, so you know, I always give myself two months uh, prior into going into the season. I shut it down for the uh, two three months, and then the next two months before the season start, I start preparing myself, getting ready for training camp. You know, our training camp was, you know, a little longer than it is today. Uh, we had uh, a lot more. We had eight preseason games uh, as opposed to, you know, the less preseason game they have now. Um, and also we was in training camp for two weeks as opposed to less. So a lot of things, you know, are a little different, but still your body go through the same process. You know, you got to prepare the things that you're trying to, you know, work on skill wise, you know, trying to, you know, seeing what we're going to try to improve coming back for the next season. So that's where the mind is. And then once you get into training camp, there's nothing assimilates training camp, but training camp. So all the things that you're trying to prepare for, it never uh, is the same once you get in training camp. And that's where, you know, the process starts. And that's where the dreams and the goals and the aspiration with the teammates and that thing take place. Yeah. And uh, these guys had a long time to think about it with this long layoff. And so I'm really curious uh, Saturday night to see, like, how's how's everyone looking? I haven't seen these guys outside of Instagram in yeah. months. So, yeah. like, who has new who has new tattoos? Who has a new haircut? Like, <laughs> all of that is gonna be part of part of it. So I'm very excited, very excited. Well, um, I mean, that's the we'll trend. Be What's that? I say that's the trend. You know, they're always gonna find something that's innovative that they can kind of create. You know, especially off season. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, that's. That's it. I got, that's our first episode in the books. How you feel? 
That was awesome. That was good. You know, yeah. we can have some fun with this. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, so yeah, next I like time, that. Yeah, next time you guys hear us, we'll have we'll be talking about some actual basketball, which is super exciting. Um, yes. But that that's for next week. We gotta get to next week. So make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, check us out on YouTube. That's where you can, you can find the video here. Um, but yeah, like this this is you're listening to the Believe in Hornets podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. I uh, appreciate you coming through and checking us out, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Tune in, guys. Check us out because it's going to be exciting all season long. Insight. Get smarter. Come on. Get it smarter when you turn in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.